This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you give five bucks a month, you can get ad-free episodes. And hello to everybody. Hi. Oh, you weren't saying hello to me. It's all good. I was saying hi to you too. Um and I, mean, I feel like big, you're off your game this morning. <laughs> I it's it's early. Uh we wanted to give a huge thank you to everyone who showed up last week. We had a meetup in Chicago. It yeah. was awesome. Thanks to Jess for planning everything. And there were so many, like dozens of people yeah. who yeah. came from far away, uh, who uh, said very nice things and were super sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great day. I uh, had a lot of fun. Um, thank you so much for, for everybody coming. I will have you know that I was talking on the phone to my mom yesterday, and my dad yelled from the background, did anybody ask about me? So nice. he's really, really invested in how much <laughs> his interview impacted our listenership. <laughs> I, I forgot who said this to me, but one person came up to me and said, uh, we were just making conversation. Uh-huh. And he said, I usually listen to you at like 1.8 speed, so it's weird hearing you speak at a normal rate, which I thought oh. was the most podcast awesome <laughs> thing you could say to anybody. Because <laughs> that's how I listen to all my podcasts, too. It's so, so strange. Sometimes when I put it on reset and it's uh-huh. at like 1.0 speed, I'm like, why are why is everyone talking slow? It's like they're talking like, oh my God, it's so strange to hear. But the, the <laughs> Human al- conversation is so weird. Well, the alternate is one time Mikey and I were listening to How Did This Get Made? And somehow I nudged it to like 1.25, uh-huh. which is just close enough that it seems like <laughs> it's the same, but something's not quite right. And so for 10 minutes, we we're like, what? What is this? Like something is wrong, and I cannot figure out what it is. That is awesome. Anyway, that makes sense. Listen to your podcasts on regular speed. No fucking loon. No, you can listen to twice as many podcasts if you listen to two point Um, you. <laughs> That's say, how it works. I listen to twice as many podcasts by having half as many friends. <laughs> hey, that is also true, and that is why I listen. I believe that makes it four times as many. Um. No, that's awesome. And I also want to thank uh, Lauren, who uh, so many of you reached out after we mentioned Discord Mm -hmm. last week, offering to help set it up. We did get a Discord server set up with the help of a listener named Lauren. The link to that Discord for anyone who prefers chatting about the show or atheism or life or feminism, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, um, uh, we'll have that link in the show notes. And uh, be nice and don't make us have to step in there and ban you and, you know, internet <laughs> yeah. stuff. I don't know exactly what Discord is or how it works. So if anybody can send me like a 90-second tutorial, <laughs> that's all I need. If you listen to it at 2.0 speed. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's set up and there are already, like we posted a link to it earlier in the week, but there mm-hmm. are already a, a bunch of people on there discussing whatever it is they discuss. I haven't stopped by yet, but I will. So. You know, when you try to foster an online community, the idea is you're supposed to be a part of it, not, I don't know, people are talking about shit. You go talk <laughs> about shit, too. I'll pop in at some point. It's all good. Yeah, I don't know why atheists are so bad at fostering <laughs> community. It's so strange. Why don't we have friends? <laughs> uh, I wanted to start with just a wild story that happened right after, I think, we recorded last week, but it's still making headlines for all the wrong reasons. There is an organization called the National Religious Broadcasters. Mm-hmm. It's one of those nonprofit groups we try to raise, rise the tide, raise the tide for everybody mm-hmm. who works in this sphere. So if you're a religion reporter and you need access to, you know, you want to connect with other journalists, we are here to facilitate that and help you. 
But it's kind of like the National Prayer Breakfast, where it's like, it sounds nice and inclusive. Uh-huh. It's a Christian group. Sure. Um, they make, they don't try to hide that. But this is the National Religious Broadcasters. Okay. They have a staff. It's a big nonprofit. They have a lot of allies in the faith community, uh-huh. in the Christian community. And uh, about two weeks ago, there's, I want to get his title right, the Senior Vice President of Communications at a group dedicated to communications, right? right? It's a big deal. His name is Daniel uh, Darling, and he went on MSNBC. Daniel Darling. Daniel Darling. Love that name. He went on MSNBC to talk about vaccinations and to talk about, you know, uh, whether there's a faith whether there's something about Christianity or faith mm-hmm. in general that makes some people hesitant about getting the vaccine. Yeah. And this is the guy to do it because he's in connection with mm-hmm. all these other religious broadcasters. And he also likes to talk about the story of his great-grandmother, Wendy Darling, who one night Stop a little it. sprite flew into her room and flew off to Neverland. <laughs> he had actually written an essay for USA Today earlier in uh, August actually promoting vaccines uh, as a Christian, saying, look, my faith isn't in conflict Mm -hmm. when it comes to vaccines. Like, go get them. Right. And so let's talk about it. You're a guy who works for this Christian nonprofit group that's Mm -hmm. fairly large. Come on MSNBC on Morning Joe and talk about what it is uh, Mm -hmm. that you want to say. And it was, as far as I can tell, I watched the appearance. It was fine. He didn't say anything controversial. He's Mm -hmm. just like... These two things are not in conflict. We know the pandemic hurts people. Mm -hmm. You can make, I'm not quoting him. I'm paraphrasing myself here. Like you can make a pro-life argument, you know, uh, as to why you should get the vaccine. We've seen plenty of evidence of that. I would say they're all pro-life arguments to get the vaccine. Yeah. And you could also bring up like, why are evangelical Christians, white evangelicals, more prone to believing Mm -hmm. conspiracies about Mm -hmm. the vaccine? Um, You could talk about their desire to follow right-wing pundits instead of, theoretically, what Jesus taught. Or why is there... Why are evangelicals specifically so bad at this? So (laughs) this guy was on national television doing something I find very useful, Mm -hmm. saying, look, I'm one of you. I'm saying there's no conflict. You should get vaccinated. He said, like, my Christian faith tells me, I'm not quoting him, I'm paraphrasing, my Christian faith tells me to love my neighbors. Mm -hmm. Getting vaccinated is an extension of that. He said there's nothing about the vaccines that violate the core beliefs of my faith. Totally fine. Good. That sounds like the type of media appearance any organization would kill for. You look good. You represent the group. It's all good. So um, a couple of days after that appearance on Morning Joe, he was fired. So here's the the million dollar question. Mm. What did he do that the national religious broadcasters decided was uh, a fireable offense? I mean, obviously, I had something to do with the anti-vax, but I, and, but I can't think of what he would have... Okay, just tell me. Sure. So basically what they said is, you were in favor of vaccinations, and we, at this organization, have a policy of being neutral on COVID vaccines. And you violated that rule by telling people they should get vaccinated And therefore, you are not being neutral on a position we, as a group, um, are neutral about. They just managed to find a way to be on the wrong side of every issue, huh? (laughs) It's all, it's so impressive. Doesn't it sometimes blow your mind, like, the kind of 
contrarian nature of these people that literally anything that like we say like hey science says you should uh you know put on sunscreen and try to take walks most days and they're like no fuck you i'm gonna stand on my roof and put mirrors pointing at me because you told me i get like everything we're like hey this would be a good idea they're like like it's it's like sharing a country with 40% 40% of Americans who are also two years two years old. Just all they know how to say is no. And it's to the easiest moral questions ever. Like, should gay people have rights? Yeah, and they're I think like, so. what civil rights? We oppose that. Uh, should we not make put a bounty on women getting abortions? No, we, we're fine with a all bounty, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they basically I, I just want to state this very bluntly. The national religious broadcasters. It seems to think there is a legitimate debate about the efficacy of vaccines, which there isn't, mm-hmm. and that urging people to get vaccinated and save lives and stop the spread of COVID mm-hmm. is apparently too partisan of a thing. And so they fired their communications guy mm-hmm. for saying the right thing. I mean, I don't understand what their position is, because if you are neutral on vaccines... You are anti-vaxxer. I don't care how you want to slice it. There is no neutrality here. And this wasn't even getting into, like, vaccine mandates. Right. Which I also think should happen. But that isn't what he was talking about. He was just saying, like, vaccines are good. I got vaccinated. You You should get vaccinated. It's good. And they're like, what? You did that while wearing your title as one of our staffers? No, like they're neutral on a thing that is killing people directly, like human adults, not even unborn a, mystical creatures. It's a fireable effect. That's no, this is awful and I hate it. And then, of course, I had to go digging into the group trying to figure out when, what else are they wrong about? Because, you know, this isn't the first time this has yeah. happened. And so just to give you, uh, this isn't just a Christian group. It's a hard right evangelical group. In 2014, this organization kicked out a Christian publishing company because they released a book saying homosexuality was compatible with the faith. I remember these guys. Yeah. Um, In 2015, they had their annual convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who was their keynote speaker? Me. Uh, Mike Huckabee, which, all right, fine, I get it. He's on the right. He's Christian. This is a speech in which not only did he denounce transgender people, but he said, you know, if I could pick my gender in high school, I totally would have showered with the underage girls. I remember that, too. Yeah, that was at their convention. He just said, he literally said to a room full of people, hey, if I had the opportunity to perv on some girls in high school... I would have done it. <laughs> Keep your women away from me, please. And, he, and his daughter is now going to be the future governor of Arkansas. Uh, um, in 2017, the NRB's then president at the time signed the Nashville Statement, something we talked about, which was like a lengthy declaration of anti-LGBTQ hate. Cool. Like, yes, trans people are not people. Nailed we, it. He Got it again. O- signed off on that. And now, apparently, they're so pro-life, they're going after people trying to eliminate COVID. Here's, it gets even weirder, because the organization said, we're not just going to fire you. That would be mean. Mm -hmm. We will give you the opportunity to recant. (laughs) To take back what you said. Apparently, this is according to Religion News Service, uh, Bob Smetana, excellent reporter. He said, the organization told Darling his statements violated the organization's policy of remaining neutral about COVID vaccines. 
And he was given, according to a source, Darling was given two options, recant or sign a statement admitting he had been insubordinate. Can I pitch a... (laughs) And he said no, and then he was fired and given no severance. No severance? None. Because they're Christians, so they don't want to help you. Oh, my God. Um, I would just like to pitch a, like, B-level thriller that's based around this. Because <laughs> I really just want... What's the gentleman's name? Who Dan went Darling. Dan Darling. Of course. How could I forget a name like Dan Darling? <laughs> I would just want to imagine Dan Darling, like, standing on a podium in front of a news corps. And he's, like, sweating. He has tears <laughs> in his eyes. And he's like... I believe that vaccines require, and then he looks over to the side of the stage and he, they, there's, there's like an angry man. There's looking. an angry man with like a gun to his daughter's head. Like <laughs> say you're neutral on vaccines or the girl gets it. And he's like, vaccines require more testing before I'm comfortable with them. And then like runs off stage. Uh, you need to insert about three more Jesuses in that, and I would that would be hit stop giving <laughs> stop giving the gods not dead people ideas for their next film. I was say, hit me up, got off a movie, boys. We can make one ourselves. Oh my god! You know, here's another thing: the NRB has a code of ethics on their website. I love website. it's the NRB. It's like it's not the NRA; it's the NRB. Nope, NRB. They're like the slightly worse organization. <laughs> they have a code of ethics number one on the list. I will conduct my personal life, corporate ministry and business affairs in a way that will not bring shame or reproach to the name of the Lord or the NRB and its members. Name of the Lord? Okay, fine. Rhetoric aside, they're basically saying, don't embarrass us when you're working for us. And here's a guy who made them look incredibly good. Yeah. And they're like, no, sorry. We we have a position of neutrality when it comes to making us look good, and you violated it, so we have to get rid of you. Genuinely. Like, it's... (laughs) It's unbelievable how they can be wrong in every single topic, isn't it? Here's the thing. I think um, he get, he issued a statement after getting fired, and I so want him to mm-hmm. like to be you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not. He's just... His statement included the line like, it was an honor to work on behalf of our members who strive every day to deliver the gospel around the world. I'm like, come on, throw an F-bomb in there somewhere. Like, more people are going to die because Christian groups like the NRB treat science like it's a partisan issue. No, I mean, that is the thing of, like, yes, we both want this guy to be, like, you know, go out with metaphorical guns blazing and, like, fuck you, nerds, see you in hell. (laughs) But it's really, and a lot of that is just so we can be smugly satisfied by it. But also, like, it's his moment to be, like, no, this is, you are wrong. I am right. If you're firing me, my muzzle is off. These people are dangerous. If they are encouraging you, if they're not actively encouraging people to get vaccinated, then they are dangerous. Go fuck yourselves, NRB. They've been doing damage control, the NRB, all week oh, yeah. as this story has played out. Because there's no, like, two sides about this firing right. it just makes them look bad yes and so they're like well someone fed the religion news service like wrong information we did not like magically fire him and not give him uh notice and, or- a note like or something and they're but basically everything they're saying confirms it because they said we gave him the chance to apologize we didn't just fire him it's like that's the point yeah you still said what you did was wrong right that is the issue right like God, right. no, they don't. They don't get it, it's and they never the will. And, uh, and of course, like 
all the cancel culture types. Oh my this god! This is the sort of group oh that promotes god. like oh the the left, the illiberal <sighs> evil left, and their cancel culture. And they're like, I'm sorry, you said vaccines are decent, and people should. Sorry, you need to get out. You cannot work. Well, for yeah, they, our group. They fired him. They didn't cancel him, which is. <laughs> Different and you, worse, I guess. Did you see that the cover of The Economist this week uh, is about the illiberal like, left and how it's, you know, the liberals are so canceled. Like, oh, Texas just passed the, the abortion econ- law. The Economist, you the said? The Economist, which is generally, like, Jesus. decent on a lot of hey, issues. Hey, journalists, you don't, need, you don't need to both sides everything to death. And like, yeah, people go a little bonkers on Twitter when somebody is like in the crosshairs, but like eventually, usually it all dies down and everybody just kind of goes on with their life. Like <laughs> Lucy K is probably touring again. Like we can, <laughs> if we were any good at anything, we would at least be able to cancel him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you a, all right, I'm switching gears to a different story. If you know how this ends, don't say it out loud. But basically, there was a woman at a school board meeting uh, this week. Uh, where was this at? I should know where it's at. Uh, it's in California, in mm. San Diego, I believe, in Encinitas. Uh, a woman appeared at a school board meeting. You know how this ends. She's like, what? Mask mandates? Vaccines? How mm-hmm, dare you? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so she basically says, you know, my name is Carrie. You see my shirt. It says mama. I'm a mama bear, like echoing Sarah Palin. And basically oh. she says, you can buy those at like Target. I'm like sure. you don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> earn those. You can't just put out a show and be like, see, this means I'm a bear. I'm a big bear lady. <laughs> she identifies as a bear. That's their one joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, she basically said, uh, they have a mask mandate in the school district. And she said, I'm here to tell you to unmask our children. The pandemic is over. That's a quote. She actually said, it's not- she said, I don't know who you think you are, that you think you have more of a say than us, the parents and our doctors. I don't know who any of you think you are. I really don't. It ends today. We are declaring our freedom tonight. We do not consent to the lies, fear-mongering, and abuse. You all know it's abuse. All this to a school board that said, let's try to protect kids and give them a mask mandate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. Uh, One of those mega cultists who shows up at a school board meeting, it's happening across the country. These people all appear. They're like, we want our kids in school when... On the other side, they're like, homeschool children, yeah. public schools are evil. This is the same class of people as that woman who tried to stick a fork on her face to prove magnetization. Do you remember her? Yes. It's like that same kind of thing. It's a very, like, Parks and Rec Pawnee town hall meeting where somebody is like, I found a sandwich in the park and I ate it. It has mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. Can you fix that? So, like... This is the caliber of people we are we are dealing with. This is not like <laughs> an upstanding member of her community who is well respected. Probably she's so, mama bear. Let me let me drop the bomb on this. because oh. that's not the story. Because that story is a dime. Pretty, yeah, that's a dime a dozen at this trite. point. Here's the reason. So I'm watching this clip, and you see this this mom give this speech. Mm. Very proud of herself oh, sure. for giving this speech. Oh yeah. And uh, Ron. Uh, Philip Kowski, who is uh, on Twitter and posts a lot of these videos, and he, he seems to get access to a lot of these crazy right-wing videos, which is great. Here's what he said when I first saw it, and this is the video that went viral mm-hmm. when he posted it this week. Woman wearing a mama t-shirt at the Encinita school board meeting says her cubs will refuse to wear masks this week. We are done asking you for permission. The pandemic is over. We are declaring our freedom. Then she says she and her friends are running for school board. 
and you see the video and sure. it's and it's her screaming at this point. Okay, fine. Here's what wasn't in that tweet, and which and it's not his fault, and there's no more characters left. That woman uh, has a history, and you probably know her history because is she the lady who stuck the fork to her face? Close. No, different woman. Oh, in two thousand nine. Oh no. There was a. She won the title of Miss California, which meant she was going to compete for, I believe, Miss USA. Mm, and Miss America. She, Miss, uh, no, there's two oh. different pageants. This is the Trump-owned Miss USA pageant. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, and when she made it to the final round, like a five people, five states, and this is the part of the tournament, that pageant, where they ask every competitor a question. Uh-huh. And, and famously, like, remember Miss South Carolina? Oh, of course. At one point I just watched this, that video the other day. <laughs> gave this word salad of an answer about something And or such as the yes. Iraqis. Um, I think some of the, um, of the Iraq and the Sudan. That was good. That was Thank good. You. That was Miss South Carolina. Mm-hmm. This one, Miss California, um, Carrie, whose name it was Carrie Prejean, at the uh, now she's married. It's Prejean. Yes, love it. Uh, Perez Hilton, the oh. the gossip columnist, was one of the celebrity judges, and he asked her. This is in two thousand nine. Oh, no. um, I'm going to paraphrase the question. He basically said, four states now have legalized marriage equality, same sex marriage. Do you think uh, marriage equality should be legal across the country?" That was the gist of his question at the time because it was a controversy at the time. Yeah. Her answer was. We live in a land where you can choose same-sex marriage or opposite marriage. Oh. Um, you know what? In my country, in my family, I think I believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman. No offense to anybody out there, but that's how I was raised, and I believe that it should be between a man and a woman. I mean, one, it's, she's a bigot. Yeah. Two, she used the phrase opposite marriage, which was just funny, and everyone Love laughed the shit out of it. opposite marriage. Um, but also, she became famous at the time for basically being this spokesperson for bigotry uh-huh. at a time when the tide was turning for across the country. I love the it's just the way I was raised argument. <laughs> As because, if that's a defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and if you if you can go back to 2009, she ended up taking second place in the Ooh. pageant. And of course, she goes on the Christian martyr tour uh-huh. where she's like, had I done the politically correct thing and said I support it, I would have won. And... Donald Trump was running the pageant. People love to say shit like that. Yeah. That is to me the equivalent of like Bernie Sanders would be up 12 points right now. Like, <laughs> well, you can't just say things. Donald Trump was managing the pageant at uh-huh. the time. Um, be- this is before he was running for anything. And he said in an interview after all that controversy occurred, uh-huh. quote, she would not have won anyway. Like if you look at the scores... <laughs> It wasn't dependent. You that mean didn't this change anything. thing she declared isn't based on any reality? I cannot believe it, and yeah. I won't. But as part of her Christian martyr tour, she was like speaking to focus on the family's then leader, James Dobson, and she said, I felt as though Satan was trying to tempt me in asking me this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, by the way, unrelated to that controversy, she lost her title as Miss California because <gasps> she just wasn't doing her job. Um, had nothing to do with her opinions or That's beliefs. That's pretty funny. Like, but apparently, like, wait, what specifically was she supposed to be doing? I don't know. She has like three things she has to do, and she wasn't showing up to stuff. Wear I don't the crown, it was. Yeah. smile, cut a big <laughs> ribbon in front yeah. of a grocery store, something like that. And she didn't do it. But anyway, here's the point I want to bring up. One, it's kind of funny to see this name pop up after more than a decade. Like, she went quiet, yeah. relatively speaking. She was becoming a mama bear. <laughs> yes, and now she shows up and she's doing this. And by the way, she's on the advisory 
advisory board for a group called Women for Trump. Her Instagram page has a post calling for Biden's impeachment. She's one of them. Uh, okay, fine. Wait, um, wait, wait. Look yeah. how surprised I am. Yes, you are not surprised <laughs> at all. But it, I do want to raise this point, which is every, every so often these seemingly marginal characters get headlines and it's like why are you picking on she's a beauty pageant right right she's not a politician you know like no one's expecting her to one understand nuance of this (laughs) or you know be understand public policy understand yeah no and that's a fair it's not her job it's not her job so like and that's why i don't listen to her for advice (laughs) so like why i think this is a thing i hear all the time when it's oh i'm uh, on my blog or whatever, you're highlighting this pastor of a small church that mm-hmm. very few people attend. Who cares what that person has to say? And the answer I try to give, and this is a clear example of it, is you don't know what's going to happen with these people in the future. And sometimes putting them on the record or making it known this mm-hmm. is what they say or believe, mm-hmm. it might be relevant down the line. I mean, there's an entire uh, CNN like group of people, the K file people who are like, Oh, this person's running for office. Let's go back and check every tweet and college uh, article, like article yeah. they wrote for the college newspaper and every yeah. tweet and every podcast they've done. And it's like, this is a staffer at a department that you probably weren't paying any attention to, mm-hmm. but it's part of a pattern. They hire all these horrible people right. whose names are not known to the public, right. but they have these histories. I'll give you one more example of it. In 2012, uh, I'm doing this from memory. It's not in front of me. In 2012, there was a woman who basically said she's giving discounts or something if you bring a gun to the restaurant she owns. Ooh, and it's one wow. of those, like, 20... That was, I think, 2012. It's like, that, this is batshit oh, crazy no. back then, too. Even if it seems normal 2012 now. was Sandy Hook? I, I think this was around Hook? that time-ish. Um, that, I, certainly, it was in the that, conversation of gun violence. I mean, it which, would track to for that to happen, right? And it's like, who Hook. cares what a random restaurant owner who is crazy yeah. is saying? Who cares what her policy is? I mean, why is everyone spending so much time talking about her? You know mm-hmm. who that person was? Lauren Boebert, who is now wow. a congresswoman, and basically the same person hasn't changed one bit. Right. But it's the thing, like, we've covered Greg Locke, the mm-hmm. MAGA pastor from Tennessee, who has like his congregation it's not small but he's not running a mega church he's you know beholden to a very small group of people but that's the sort of person who could easily win a local election without much difficulty it's relevant to cover these people when they say and do dumb shit (laughs) because they could come back and become bigger right um and do this for a living Mm -hmm. and this is apparently what she's doing now so anyway that's a thing that actually oh, happened. Yeah, yeah. What a mess. All right. Let's talk about Mississippi. Um, Mississippi's governor is Tate Reeves. Uh, he was at a Republican fundraiser recently, and someone, uh, he raised his own hypothetical question while talking to the people there, saying, like, and you know, people. And answered it and yeah. was like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, his hypothetical question is, why is COVID such a problem in Mississippi? People want to know why that is. And, I mean, he's right that it's a problem. Is he actually asking, or is he, like, (laughs) waiting for somebody to say, because nobody got vaccinated? Yeah, fewer than 50% of adults in Mississippi have gotten their first shot. Um, Mask mandates are not really a thing in Mississippi. And his answer was, uh, he basically said the fault is with conservative Christian... Oh, I'm sorry, he should have. He should have said, you know, conservative (laughs) Christians are rejecting the advice of scientists... Republicans like himself are pushing anti-vaxxer conspiracies. No, instead he chalked it up to the state's courage. Here's what he said. 
I'm often asked by some of my friends on the other side of the aisle, he doesn't have friends on the no, other side. No, he does not. About COVID. And why does it seem like folks in Mississippi and maybe in the Mid South are a little less scared, shall we say, of COVID? <sighs> and here's his answer to his hypothetical question, which, by the way, no one has described those people as less scared. That's not the phrase we use for the unvaccinated people spreading COVID. Less informed. Yeah. Here's less his... alive. <laughs> Boom. Take it up. Pick it up. I... Oh, God. It's a high five. God, you're across so the bad table. at high fives. Yes. Here's his answer to why they're, quote, less scared. When you believe in eternal life, oh, there it is. when you believe that living on this earth is but a blip on the screen, then you don't have to be scared of things. And then later in the, that same soundbite, he's like, you know, I would urge you to get vaccinated, but it's your choice. That sort of thing. So he gave this mealy did mouth he say answer. say the word urge? Um, I'm using the word urge. He did say you should get vaccinated or something to that extent, but he couched it in the, it's a choice. Well, it's no, no, choice. no, no, no. He's not couching it in, it's a choice. He's couching it as, hey, I'm not going to get the shot because I'm not afraid. And it seems like most people here aren't afraid. If you're afraid of a teeny <laughs> tiny virus, yeah, you can. I mean, you, oh, can, here's get, what he you said. can get the, here's the, the vaccine if you want. Here's the afterthought he made after that eternal life comment. God also tells us to take necessary precautions. But then, so if he, you're a fucking scaredy cat. <laughs> so, yeah, like in the Bible. Is, Reeves didn't issue a mask mandate for public schools this year. Like, that's what he's doing. He's literally stopping people from doing the basic thing. He said face masks have, quote, nothing to do with rational science. Like, this is this guy, and he says, well, you know, back in the South here, we're not as scared, because we know we're always going to be alive in some form. Um, and apparently that gives Christians the right to kill other people because they're too dumb to get vaccinated, for because they believe in conspiracies, because guys like this who are in charge don't have the guts to say, yeah, do it. And I'm going to use whatever power I have to force you to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have a medical issue, fine, I get that. But all the rest of you don't have a good excuse. And like, he, he can't necessarily force them to get vaccinated, but he can put obstacles in their path. You don't get to go to the, uh, they're not going to the gym. You can't go to the movie theater if right. you're not vaccinated. You can't go to public spaces right. if you're not vaccinated. You have to show uh, proof of vaccination to mm -hmm. do X, Y, and Z. You as a governor could put obstacles in their path to make it really hard for them not to be vaccinated. And this guy couches it in religious language like that's a legit excuse. It's... I don't know, man. I always Ugh. knew religion to be the death of us all, but I didn't think it would be this quick. Yeah. Um, similar story from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Here's the situation in uh, Dorchester. There's a school board in Dorchester, South Carolina. They just had a huge COVID outbreak. South Carolina is a bad state on these issues, too, mm -hmm. uh, for obvious reasons. Guess who runs that state? So they don't have a mask mandate throughout the state, oh. but the school district... Um, and the school district, I should say, I don't know if they don't have the ability to institute their own mask mandate. Okay. But as it stands, masks are optional for students in this huge district. And one thing that students are known for doing is work acting in their own self-interest, even if it makes them stand out in school. <laughs> no, wait, kids don't want to stand out. No kid wants to be the one kid in their junior high class who has a mask on. Are you kidding? Right, and yeah, the peer pressure would help if yeah. there was a mandate, and they don't have that. Peer pressure um, is extremely effective. And this week, uh, or maybe at the very end of last week, 
people, uh, if you have COVID or symptoms of COVID or close contact with someone who has COVID, mm-hmm. like you do have to quarantine yourself. You can't come to yeah. school. And last week they said more than 20% of the student body, we're talking over 5,000 students in this district mm-hmm. were out of school because they had a connection to COVID or a oh close contact. Christ. And because more than 20% of the student body was out. And by the way, 264 <laughs> staffers were out. And again, on any given day in a large district, a lot of teachers and administrators sure, sure. may be out. This that was, seems like a lot. This was a lot. Um, not all of them had COVID. Many were out because a family member had COVID. It got to the... And by the way, nurses had to leave for COVID. So, like, you have a handful of nurses in these schools <sighs> yeah. trying to deal with all this. What about the cops with the guns who are patrolling the schools? <laughs> they, are they shooting COVID? They're, sh- uh, they're trying to shoot COVID. Wow, yeah. cool. So this district said, okay, here are our three options. And the options are all like, we could ask everyone in the district to basically do remote learning for like four days or maybe seven days or maybe Why 10 days. Why don't they just days. do two weeks, call out the quarantine period and then try yeah. again next time? Th- their options were literally, let's do remote learning mm-hmm. for a short time or a less short time, which is still a short time. And what they voted on this week is let's take all classes virtual for seven days starting next week. So that's what they're going to do. Seven school days, roughly two weeks of school Mm -hmm. um, because Labor Day and stuff. Two weeks, the kids are going to be out of class, at home, doing remote learning like they did last year. Cool. I just want to make this clear. The school board and the parents and the teachers and especially the students, nobody wants to do remote learning. Like... We it's know miserable. it's miserable. Everyone, even including students who may not typically like school. Yeah. School is a good thing. Mm-hmm. No one's denying that. No one's saying, all right, let's do remote learning. They're not saying that's the best possible thing to do. It's just the only option you kind of have on the table right. right now. Right. So this is basically what all the school board members were saying. Like, we don't want to do uh, virtual learning. Mm-hmm. We want everyone to be at school, but it's just not tenable right now because friggin' everyone is leaving right. cause of COVID. Right. So you know what? Maybe if we just make everyone stay home for two weeks, it'll be a little better when everyone gets back. Right. Cause their goal is, all right, it'll be two weeks of school sucks cause it's virtual, mm-hmm. but then at least you can come back and they just want everyone to come back. The alternative is, well, let's just not do anything. Let the problem fester. Yeah. Hope it goes away and it won't, and uh-huh. then they may have to be in a situation where it's remote learning for everybody for the rest of the school year. Right. They don't want to do that, so this is their option. It's not a good situation to be in. I wish they would just do a mask mandate. I don't think they're able to do that, so they chose the two-week quarantine. Okay, that's mm-hmm. your backstory here. One school board member, her name is uh, Barbara Crosby, hated that the only options on the table were short four days of quarantine or like 10 days of quarantine. She was so mad that there's no option that says... Ignore it, no ignore go it. away. Yes. She wanted everyone in school all the time. And that wasn't even an option given to her. So she like stormed out of the board meeting, yeah. very angry and upset about it. So it didn't matter. She was outnumbered. They're going to quarantine for like seven days. Okay, fine. But there is a local news anchor, Raphael James, uh, Live 5 News. He wanted to interview her 
like, why do you feel this way? Which I don't send any hate his way. He's right. Like he wanted to talk to her. But this doesn't this feel like, oh, we're going to a diner in Iowa to talk yeah, to these yeah. five Trump voters? He, I, I watched his, he did a 22 minute interview with her that they posted on Facebook. I'm sure they only showed clips of it sure. on the actual broadcast, but they posted all 22 minutes of his interview with her. And you could tell this guy is exasperated with her because he's just trying to get a fair answer. I mean, here's the question he's trying to get an answer about. If COVID is a serious threat, and it is, how do you support leaving kids in school no matter what? Because obviously the reason they're in this mess is because so many kids have to be taken (laughs) out of school. So he's like, how can you say they should stay there? Because we know what's going to happen then. Right. So that's kind of what he wants to get at. But Uh he's also supposed to be an objective reporter he's trying to be nice this woman did say yes to doing an interview sure. ask me anything uh-huh. so he's you watch this interview and he's like being very deferential and polite and he's like respectful like thank you for sitting down i really appreciate mm-hmm. that here's the conversation at one point um like he asked her this question many times here's what crosby says at the very end i hope and pray that our kids don't get deathly ill or we don't lose any children but you know what? That's not my... That's up to God. And then the reporter chimes in. I'm sorry, say that one more time. I didn't hear that one little bit there. Like, it sounded like you said that's not your concern. Um, I just want to make sure. And she chimes in. No, I didn't say concern. I said it's not going to be my decision. It's going to be... I mean, God decides who lives and dies, right? That was the end of the interview, basically. So just to recap this, he just wants to know, why are you pushing for all these people to stay in school no matter what? Everyone wants them to be at school. I will grant you that. But they can't be because people are getting sick. Mm -hmm. And uh, adults with immunocompromised uh, bodies Mm -hmm. and uh, and adults in general, like, are catching COVID. The kids who are younger than 12 can't get their vaccines Mm -hmm. yet. So, like, this is not working. Right. I mean, you can't seriously say, let's just leave them in school and hope it goes away. Right. Right? Right. I'm giving you the opening. Fill in the blank for Mm -hmm. me. And her answer is, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. But basically, if it does, it's not like I did it. God's choosing it. It's, how do you reason with that? How do you? I mean, you don't. I mean, when, I I feel like people think that religion often is either like, oh, it's priests being abusive or it's sort of harmless, whatever. But like. Man, these people say the quiet part out loud <laughs> all the time. She said it's not her concern. Like, she reg- didn't say concern. I don't want to put that. I did see a headline on Reddit that said this school board member said it's not my concern. I'm like, that's not it. Regardless, regardless. Yes. To say, yeah, some kids are going. But here's the, here's the huge problem for me. Because she essentially she's saying, yes, there is a chance children might die. Period. End of sentence. (laughs) Yeah, there's no but there. (laughs) The thing is, if she had even, even if she had said, because I have read many articles over the last 18 months of, hey, there's a lot of circumstances that the, um, the risk of children going to school is lower than the risk of having them be socially isolated. Like their emotional health is also important. Their mental health is also important. There's an argument to be made of, our kids 
cannot emotionally and mentally handle spending another year learning from home with our parents, everybody making each other crazy. And as a parent and as a coach, I'm like, I'm so thankful that we have that right now we are in school and the worst of it is that, all right, everyone has to wear a mask. We're in Illinois. We're smart about it. That's the best we could do right now until vaccines are available to everybody. Right. Um, I, I coach a team, and this week we had to have auditions that involve public speaking, and everyone's wearing a mask. And I know that's annoying to everybody. Oh, it's the worst. And I it's hate like, wearing a mask. And imagine like, having to wear it for eight hours a day in class, except for like lunch. Yeah. It's not fun. We know it's not fun. But if you're arguing like kids can't deal with it, yeah. no, like my kindergartner figured it out fine. Right. right. It's just a thing they do right. for now. Like it's and, not that big. And, and so the problem comes to she is willing to risk the lives of some children. I'm not implying yeah. that she wants children to die. I'm saying that she's That's a consequence of what will happen. Exactly. Though. But she's not Same saying... Same with the Texas mandate. I, it's not that they want women to suffer, yeah. but that is what's going to happen. Yeah, so we'll, admit it. We'll, we'll get on that <laughs> soon, I'm sure. Because um, I, I think the main problem... That's right. I take that back. They kind of do want women. Well, no, 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 of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, like It's not that she's saying, I am willing to risk the fact that some kids may get sick and may even die because the benefit is X. Mm-hmm. Literally, the only benefit she's listed is... It sucks, and my kid doesn't like it. And <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. And she doesn't want her. That's kid an home. argument against broccoli. So, <laughs> is that our next step? Like, yeah. I, it's just that's she, the problem. They asked her, you know, are you supportive of a mask mandate? No, no, she's not. How about social distancing? Clearly not, because she wants these kids unmasked and unvaccinated in the classroom. Right. Um, which again, that's why so many teachers have to call out. Um, like, I don't know what else you could do when you're trying to reason with somebody whose argument is I, nothing I do matters. It's in God's hands. It's like, you're the one that ran for this seat. Mm -hmm. You got elected somehow. It it is the same thing as Republicans who get elected so they can do everything they can to, to hold up the progress of of passing laws because they genuinely believe, I don't know. I don't know. They believe any progress is necessarily bad and it takes away their white picket fence that they've worked so hard for, I guess. I wish they would have asked this question. I know we've raised it before, but like to Republicans like that, what does the body count have to be to change your mind? Because apparently, what is it, 635,000 dead Americans Mm -hmm. so far. And they're predicting. Hasn't done it. So how many dead kids is she willing to deal with? How many dead teachers, administrators is she okay with before she recognizes, you know what, virtual learning temporarily? Mm -hmm. All right, fine, I'll deal. I I wish, I want an answer to that. Well, what I'm curious about is... I want to know what they want to do in Texas with all the babies that they're going to force to give birth to. Are you going to adopt them, Ted Cruz? No, of course not. So like, what do you want? Are you giving these women the support they need to raise the kids? They haven't addressed that, because why would they? They don't, don't care. care. Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't even know if somebody like this, like, does she know anybody? You know, like, she must have known somebody who's at least had COVID or... Yeah, just look in church. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I don't know. It, it's just, pe- it's so childish. It's just people who want their way no matter what. And Thank goodness and, she was outnumbered on this school yeah. board, but... Well, and they turn into the, like these weird mules of like, I decided this thing. Well, here's some reasons that that might be wrong that aren't unreasonable and doesn't require a huge leap of faith. And they're like, mm, no, but I already said the thing and I can't unsay it. That's just sort of how my, my life goes. And like now here we are and 635,000 people are dead and everything's terrible. So 
Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, here's a somewhat, I don't know, less disastrous story. It, it just made me laugh more than anything. Uh, when Trump was in office, he had his, you know, faith advisory board, uh, which sounds <laughs> like we've said this before. It sounds like it covers everybody. No. It's really just white we've evangelicals those, and conservative pictures. black uh, conservative black Christians. Yeah. The pictures where they're putting their hands yeah. on his shoulders Ugh, and whatever. Okay. So, um, a new group was formed this week called the National Faith Advisory Board, which is basically a continuation of the Christians who supported Trump um, under the guise of we represent all faiths. But sure. they don't. Okay, fine. Um, there's like some conservative Jews on there and <laughs> some and white evangelicals and some black preachers who support Trump. Like a lot of Muslims, a lot of Hindus. Yeah, I'm, it's not it's not a hugely diverse group. Oh, anyway, so strange. They started this National Faith Advisory Board because they say we're pushing back against the quote anti faith agenda of the Biden administration. Which the is Biden a, administration? Yeah. yeah. About Jessica's administration, maybe. <laughs> I don't think Joseph R. Biden. <laughs> the Catholic, cares. yeah. Um, he's not anti-faith in any meaningful way. But anyway, like this group, the NFAB, to shorten it, like they have no actual power. I don't even know what they're going to be doing, mm -hmm. but this is what they want to do. All right, fine, whatever. They can do it. They launched it this week on a phone call on which they invited Trump to speak to people. Mm -hmm. And he was. He was a guest of theirs to announce the launch of their group. And so naturally, you know what he talked about. The election and how it was stolen from him. Okay, no surprise there. He's not talking about religion. He doesn't care. No. But they asked him a couple times. Like, I think he was introducing a Catholic speaker, one of the conservative Catholic speakers or something. And let me tell you what he said, which I found kind of funny. The gist of it is he said... Uh, here's a conservative Catholic who's about to speak to you for this group. And you know what? I'm, I'm shocked that Catholics didn't vote for me in huge numbers last year the way, basically, white evangelicals did. Mm -hmm. Here's the actual quote. I did a lot for the Catholics, and I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm a little bit surprised that we didn't do better with the Catholic vote. I think we got about 50% of the vote, yet we did a lot for the Catholic vote, so we'll have to talk to them. We're going to have to meet with the Catholics. Any one of the topics that's so dear to your hearts, we did better than ever before in the history of our country, and hopefully they'll remember it. Okay, okay Trump, Trump stuff aside, his argument is we got about 50% of the Catholic vote. Mm. Why wasn't it higher? I, I was surprised by that. And here's the thing. He's right about that. He was did, it surprising? He did get about 50% of the Catholic vote. Um, that's accurate. Is that in line with... <laughs> that's in line with 2016. Oh. He got about 50% of the Catholic <laughs> Yeah, but that was before he did all of the things that the Catholics <laughs> ever wanted them to do better than anyone in the history of the world. Yeah. So, And what he doesn't understand, which anyone who studied the topic would understand, is... Yeah, Catholics are pretty divided politically. Mm -hmm. Like we will, and, and this is an important nuance to keep in mind, especially to atheists who want to just trash the Catholic Church for good reason. Mm -hmm. It's like the Catholic Church hierarchy mm -hmm. is anti-gay mm -hmm. and anti-trans and all of that. Catholics, by and large, are pretty supportive. Right. Like I think more than half of practicing Catholics say they support same-sex marriage mm -hmm. and they're fine with transgender people and trans rights. Like, so just keep that in mind. But there is this division. There are a lot of liberal Catholics, mm -hmm. but the hierarchy and the official position of the church is usually conservative. Mm -hmm. 
Trump doesn't understand the nuance. He just thinks, well, the Catholic Church, they should all be anti-abortion. So when I do anti-abortion stuff, they should all love me. When I say we should punish women, then (laughs) that should be a dog whistle to Catholics. We love that kind of shit, the Catholics all will say. Like, (laughs) Catholics are pretty split down the middle. Like, it's not a huge cry from 50% when it comes to LGBTQ rights, Mm -hmm. abortion rights, political preference. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, of course they're split down the middle. And that, and like the one thing is that conservative Catholics and white evangelicals are like totally on board with anti-abortion stuff. Mm. And again, this is the Trump mindset. He's like, well, I did all the anti-abortion stuff you right. wanted me to do. How come all you Catholics don't love me? Mm-hmm. It's like, because they're not all the same. Yeah. White evangelicals, I know they're not all the same, but a whole bunch of them are. You can, they, that's why they get their own group in every survey, because they think alike. White evangelicals, by and large. Right. Can I pitch um, an idea of why Trump is so confused about this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and far be it for me to try to dissect that melon head, but... Um, I wonder if it's because all of his religious advisors, when it came to... <laughs> no, genuinely, like when it came to like the evangelical Christians... His advisors would say, like, I don't know, just bash gay people and say yeah, you hate it's women. it's what they want. <laughs> and it's what they want. So when his Catholic advisors come in, who are probably more in the, like, hierarch- yeah. hierarchical structure of the Catholic Church than just your average, like, church-going Joe, that Catholic guy comes in and is like, we also hate gay people and abortion. <laughs> so, like, you're going to nail this. And so he says it out loud. But Catholicism is not as homogenous as evangelical white Christians are. It's Trump surrounding himself by yes men. And then he's like, let me look at the diversity of opinion. And it's a whole bunch of sycophants like, yeah, whatever you want, dude. But it worked for the evangelicals. And for the Catholics, he's like, whoa, wait, wait, I did the same thing with evangelicals. And I got so many of them. We heard it this week when you have like conservative news outlets Mm. uh, during the press White House press briefing saying like, why is Biden uh, speaking out against the Texas anti-abortion law? And they're like, because he's for, he's pro-choice. Right. And they're like, but isn't he Catholic? And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Do you not understand that there is a division here? Right. Like Joe Biden doesn't have to believe the hierarchy of the church on these political issues. Mm -hmm. And again, even if he may very well think in his personal life, he's anti-abortion, which, all right, I don't care what you think about it. He's running as a public figure. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I mean, in terms of policy, pro To be clear, I kind of care, but that's not, right. that's neither here nor there. But these, there are reporters who are yeah. like, how come he's not falling in line with the Catholic Church? I thought he was Catholic. Like, do you know that pretty much half of all American Catholics so don't wild. agree on this? Okay. Then Trump got this, even like, worse. This like confusion. What? Yeah. Then... He was inviting a rabbi to speak at this faith call, and he expressed the same shock about Jews in America. Here's, I'm quoting Trump again. Look what I did with the embassy in Jerusalem. Oh, no. And what I did with so many other things. Israel has never had a better friend, and yet I got 25% of the votes from Jews. I, th- I think they have to get together with the religious groups all represented on this call. I think he's basically saying we need to figure out how to get these people in line. Yeah. Because um, only 25% of them supported me after all I did for Israel. And again, he's not wrong on the number. Like, uh-huh. it was about 31% of Jews, uh-huh. American Jews, voted for Trump. Everyone else was for Biden. 
Um, but also, that's not a surprise. Only about a third of American Jews supported what he did in Israel. Is they just, don't care. They're not aligned with the conservative political wing yeah. in Israel. They're like, I'm not supporting your right-wing politics. Is he just shocked every time he doesn't get 100% of the vote? Is that what's going From on? From certain groups. He's like, oh, well, black Christians. I know they yeah, they're gone because, you know... Um, but when it comes to like Jews, he's like, I did the Jew thing that you wanted me to do. I did the Israel stuff. Yeah. How come you all don't care? Because not every American Jew is aligned with right. American foreign policy in Israel. This right. is not a surprise to anyone who has like paid any attention to the subject. Right. But he acts like I did a thing. You mm -hmm. all should have supported it. And you didn't like well, because he's never been dealt with disappointment. He's never said, <laughs> I worked really hard to study for this test and still failed. That's not how his life worked. He yeah. did the thing and it still didn't work. And that's not how life works. Yeah. There were two things uh, I think I can take away from that. One is his lack of religious nuance probably hurt him because he could have won over mm -hmm. a lot of these religious groups. I mean, in everybody, if he wasn't incompetent and crazy, well, he could have won over a lot of votes. Like if he handled the pandemic mildly well, he probably would have crushed in yeah, the election. Totally. But he sucks at everything. Right. And so it was, so he lost. But the other thing is when you're listening to him talking about these groups, he knows what the numbers are. He knows ex almost exactly. It's probably the only thing he pays attention to. Yeah. Like he knows polling. Uh -huh. He's like, they only a handful of these people voted for right. me. Only half of these people voted for me. And I lost. I mean, I don't know why they weren't for me. It's like, you know, you lost and you know exactly by how much you lost. And I know this isn't a surprise to anybody, but that's a very different statement mm -hmm. from the one he gives at his public rallies where he's like, I won all the votes. Right, right. And then right. they stole them from me. Right. No, when it's like more of a private phone call, he's like, oh, only 25% of Jews. Mm -hmm. I thought I deserved more. Yeah. But he's stupid, so he didn't get them. Right. But it's like, you know you lost, and you know by how much you lost. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to hear it when it's not in front of a large cheering yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Isn't that fun? I like that. Anyway, um... All right, here's a happier story. I had to do one happy story, Great. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, after this is actually coincidental with the Texas stuff going on right now, but uh, the Satanic Temple, which I need to clarify, does not represent all Satanists, mm -hmm. but the Satanic Temple, which is the more uh, we're going to use our religious beliefs for political gain mm -hmm. sort of thing, kind of the flying spaghetti <laughs> monsters of. <laughs> Of religion? Yeah, um, they're using their status mm -hmm. as a religion to argue that access to abortion is a faith-based right for them. And, I mean, they've been doing this for a while. Like, the Supreme Court, literally, the U.S. Supreme Court said uh, last year they're not going to hear the Satanist challenge mm -hmm. because they were trying to overturn Missouri's um, medically unnecessary abortion laws. Like, you got to wait 72 hours. Right. you got to get two different visits. And they're like, this violates our religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court said, no, we're not listening to this case, so an earlier decision against you stands. Okay. Um, another woman uh, sued Texas officials earlier this year, saying their ultrasound laws, like, you got to get an ultrasound before you can get an abortion. Does she need it? No, not mm -hmm. for health reasons. They just want to try to guilt trip you into avoiding an abortion. She said that got in the way of my satanic abortion ritual. Hmm. And they sued over that. Hmm. That is actually still in the courts right Interesting. now. Interesting. Okay. Here's the latest approach from the Satanic Temple. This week, the Satanic Temple wrote a letter to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration mm -hmm. saying, we want our members to have access to abortion pills without having to jump through any regulatory hoops. Because right now, if, like, if, um, 
God, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> like uh, misoprostol, the first pill you would take, mm-hmm. that requires a prescription. Uh-huh. Mifepristone my, my can only be obtained through an approved prescriber, and you can only dispense it in accordance with certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. Basically, there are abortion pills, but you got to jump through some hoops. You can't get it over the counter. You right. can't get it easily, mm-hmm. especially if there are obstacles in your way. Right. Their right. argument... And in spite of the fact that it's largely an extraordinarily safe procedure. Yes, um, and, and other people have made the argument that mm-hmm. it should be over-the-counter, yeah. easily accessible. Okay. The Satanists say, well, forget the we're waiting for more information sort of argument. They're saying, we want you to give us access to this stuff, unfettered access to the pills, because we have a religious need for it. Hmm. And they actually make this case that right now... Um, like the Religious Freedom Restoration Act was passed a while ago to make sure Native Americans could get unfettered access to peyote hmm. for religious rituals. Oh. It's a drug, but you allow them to do it because they need it for their faith. No mm-hmm. one's doubting their sincerity or mm-hmm. anything like that, but you allowed them to circumvent like the law that applies sure. to everybody else because it was their religion. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, we're using the same argument. And here's their letter. Given that peyote is a Schedule One drug with no accepted medical use... The Satanic Temple's request for access to prescription drugs is an even more reasonable ask that should be granted under federal law. They, actually, they went on to say, the Satanic abortion ritual is a sacrament which surrounds and includes the abortive act. It is designed to combat feelings of guilt, doubt, and shame, and to empower the member to assert or reassert power and control over their own mind and body. Basically, they said the... Uh, the government's argument for why this thing has to have hurdles, mm-hmm. um, that requirement substantially interferes with the satanic abortion ritual because the government impedes the member's access to the medication involved in the ritual. So basically, they're making a faith-based argument mm-hmm. for why their members should have access to the abortion pills. Yep. And will it work? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I do find it amusing that they're basically using a conservative christian argument that has been used so many times for so many other reasons like we want to deny i don't know contraception access or insurance comprehensive insurance to our employees Mm -hmm. why because our religion said so and the supreme court's like yeah all right yeah um so this is the same argument their attorney said if the fda doesn't affirm their request in 60 days they'll file a lawsuit um (laughs) again some people will say this is just for show I do think the point they are trying to make is an important one, Mm -hmm. which is if we allow religion to be an excuse to get away with everything, we've seen it during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. this is a much more reasonable request saying you don't have any reason to say no to us. Mm -hmm. And if we're making an argument that there's a religious use for this, all the more reason for you to let us have it. I get a religion too. Yeah. And can you imagine for a second though, if a court was to side with them or Mm -hmm. if the FDA approved it, Conservative Christians would have just turned a bunch of women into Satanists really quickly, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, principle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like a court couldn't say you're not really a Satanist. Of like how, you can't ask me that. How dare you? Yeah, I'm amused by the idea. I don't know if it'll be successful. They haven't been successful with a lot of these uh, faith-based lawsuits mm-hmm. yet. But again, I kind of want to know what rationale a judge could use to say we're not taking you seriously. So we're going to say no. Or the FDA would say, we're not going to let you jump hoops because yeah. I want to know what they say. Yeah, I'm very, very, very curious to see how that how that shakes out. I'm not optimistic because 
I've been alive for 35 years. <laughs> One last story for you. This is from Liberty University, which uh, you might remember, besides Jerry Falwell Jr., last year, even when the pandemic was starting, they're like, we're keeping our campus open until like they just couldn't get away with that for a while. And this week, Liberty University announced COVID is serious enough right now. The Delta variant is serious enough right now that they're doing a campus-wide quarantine hmm. until one week from today, September 10th. Why? Because there are, at the time of <laughs> like this podcast a couple days ago, or when I uh, saw an article about this, there were about 159 active cases of COVID tested positive Jeez. at the school, 124 among students. Oh, no. I, again, keep in mind, masks are not required. Mm -hmm. Vaccines are definitely not required by the student body. So all classes are going to be held online for two weeks. Mm -hmm. They did say students can use the facilities, dining areas, things like that, but we're not going to stuff you into a lecture hall. Fine. Sure. Um, so they're shutting down the school for a little bit in minimal ways. Mm -hmm. What's amazing is how many Liberty students are so opposed to this for the same reason as like that crazy school board member. There's a guy, uh, Landon Nesbitt. He started a petition to end the lockdown. And here's what he said. This is a petition that a lot of people have signed. We, Liberty students, feel that the university should deliver on its promises. In-person learning. First of all, they weren't learning to begin with. Like, why start now? You weren't getting an education to begin with. He went on to say, for many students, the nature of freedoms that Liberty University encompasses, mm -hmm. no mass required, in-person lectures and teaching, is the very reason this university was chosen for higher education. The lockdown was unexpected and unwanted by the vast majority of students here on campus. Therefore, we request the ending of this lockdown, which, I, of course, it's unwanted. No one wants a lockdown. But he said to a reporter, this was the main reason that I came to Liberty. The fact that it was open and in-person learning and no masks were mandated and the vaccine wasn't required. Hmm. They let me spread COVID all I want. That's why I came here. And now Liberty's like, we got to protect our own people. So stay home for a couple weeks. So the... 18-year-old college freshman and the whatever 40-year-old mom secret have, doctor yeah <laughs> or something and the 40-year-old mom or whatever have the exact same argument which is i don't wanna you can't make me wah 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 yeah i'm a christian I'm a therefore i baby. don't care who i hurt i don't care who dies as a result of yeah. my negligence i love jesus i have a stupid that is their argument baby brain and my face looks like a butt and I'm a big, dumb baby. <laughs> Very specific there. It, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like the height of Christian arrogance that students think attending an in-person class outweighs the health and safety it's of my, their peers it's and It's my professors. constitutional right to go to a probably unaccredited university. It's accredited, I'm sure. Like, whatever. Some yes, students, this is what the Founding Fathers had in mind, sir. <laughs> Some students I almost want to laugh at because they're, they're right in what they're about to say, but also you go to liberty, so how seriously can we take your judgment here? Um, this is from an article. Senior Kendall Covington and junior Nathan Grimes say it's a little too late for liberty to do the lockdown. Um, I'm, uh, this is Covington. Yeah, yeah, he knows. <laughs> Dottie knows. She knows. I'm upset. I mean, of course, I'm glad that steps are being taken to protect the students' welfare, but to be honest, this is a slapstick measure. This is a student saying that about the lockdown order. Like, you're putting a bandage on a bigger wound, right? Sorry. Like, 
I was overscolding my dog. Did you say, could you repeat? She what, said, it's a, Liberty's lockdown measure is a slapstick measure. It's not enough. We could have taken precautions Did ahead she of mean time. slapdash? Uh, probably, yes. Slapstick, slapstick is like, Another kid, Nathan Grimes, if we had just taken some really simple steps, we could have avoided this whole issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're right. Yeah, you could have. Thank you, sir. But you went to Liberty. Where, where, were, where were you in March 2020? <laughs> yeah, like they Liberty's entire brand is we're not going to do the responsible thing. Mm-hmm. We're not going to educate you. We're not going to care about your safety. They hired Jerry Falwell for years. We want to turn out students that will go out into the world and make it a little bit worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. There was... <laughs> Here's another student that uh, their their name was not given in an article, I think. Um, you can be safe and not be in quarantine. I'm not paying thousands of dollars to be quarantined in my dorm with takeout meals and online classes. I mean, the, it does sound miserable. The whole school shouldn't have to be shut down if the majority is not sick. Makes no sense. I don't understand how exponential growth works <laughs> because they don't teach math in this university. They don't teach science either. Yeah, like, what do you think is going to happen if you stay in school without vaccines, without lockdown, without a mask mandate? Like, what do you think is going to happen? And they didn't ask this kid the follow-up question, which I so want to hear. Like, oh my God. Cool. So, But even Liberty is saying, you know what, this is bad. We're going we're gonna to quarantine, which, again, it... Make fun of Liberty all you want. We're and fully supportive. Yeah. Um, for them to make that move is a big deal. Yeah. Because they totally did not want to make their move. Their entire thing is we're not doing what everyone else right. is doing, even if your health is on the line. Right, right, Jerry right. Falwell Jr. did that too before mm-hmm. they had to let him go for other reasons. And now here's the new people who are like, all right, maybe we should shut down for a little bit. Right, and it's right. only getting I think today I was reading this morning that the cases since this all came out have tripled. Um, I don't know what the number is, wow. the raw number is, but like, it's a clear crisis on campus for obvious reasons. And they're doing a little something about it. I agree. It's not much, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, yeah, all right. It's so bad that even the conservative Christian school is like, maybe we should pay attention to the virus. <sighs> so like, you know, it, they, it It only took a year and a half for them to acknowledge that COVID is bad. Oh man. I don't know. This is terrible. And with that, my list has been checked. Um, off. could you do me a favor? No. Uh, oh, God damn it, Hammett. Could you give everybody an overview of kind of what happened with um, Texas and the Supreme Court and um, sure. just like a high level look at like why? Let me tell you this the nuance one, of the legal. Yeah. Um, no, they're basically they circumvented. There's no law that says uh, women can't get an abortion. There's no law you could point to that says. This is unconstitutional. They're mm-hmm. just saying, if you notice someone doing it, we're going to give you a bounty. We're going to shut down the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a legal answer. I'm sorry. Don't listen to me for legal answers. And the Supreme Court, the majority of the Supreme Court said there's nothing for us to really take action on here, mm-hmm. even though arguably there is. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, no, we'll just let it slide because you're not giving us like the bill that we is unconstitutional, right. technically. And so with um, this- You should ignore me. I don't think any of that's right. But basically, it does allow for people to sue if they think someone has had an abortion past six weeks, which is well beyond, uh, which is before some women even know they're pregnant. Oh, well, well before, um, yeah. And it allows you to not only 
sue them for having an abortion yeah. and get money out of them, $10,000, if you turn them in and can mm-hmm. prove that they got an abortion or something. Mm-hmm. If there's an Uber driver that drove them to a clinic, mm-hmm. you could sue the Uber driver. You could sue the clinic. Mm-hmm. They are on the hook yeah. for defending themselves in court. They're on the hook for paying up mm-hmm. if it's proven. And if it is proven, then the clinic gets to be shut down. And here's the thing. I mean, don't listen to my legal analysis. Please don't quote me on that. I will say this, though. I think this was designed to be such an overreaching measure. Us, mm-hmm. Like the most dramatic anti-abortion bill these Republicans thought they could like pull off. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they kind of just assumed it would get struck down by a court somewhere. Yeah. And then they get a win-win. They get to tell their base, I tried passing an anti-abortion bill, so mm-hmm. give me all your pro-life money. Right. And also, look, the court sucked. They stopped me from doing it. We got to put conservatives on the court, like true conservatives on the court. And like that's what Republicans have been doing for decades. And now they accidentally wrote a bill that was so bad. I mean, I think this is worth noting. The two Texas senators, Mm -hmm. both Republican, Ted Cruz, Cornyn, the governor, Greg Abbott, like uh, a lot of very famous Republican Texas politicians have not said much about this this Supreme Court decision. You (laughs) would think Ted Cruz would be like doing jumping jacks, flipping over, saying like, yeah, we did it. We stopped Roe v. Wade. We overturned it. Nope, he's not doing it. Because I think even a lot of Republicans are like, oh, no. They allowed the shitty bill to go too far, that we purposely meant to go too far. They allowed that one to stand. And like, even we know it's indefensible. And But it obviously is defensible because the Supreme Court was like, yeah, this is great. I mean, if you're a Democrat, I think the thing you have to do, because I'm a political strategist, is you just pin this on every single Republican. You belong to a party that wants to punish women Mm -hmm. and doctors and the friggin' Uber driver who takes them to a clinic. Mm -hmm. um, And it's a bounty out. You like there's very little risk Mm -hmm. to falsely claim someone got an abortion. They're still on the hook to pay out like legal defense bills and stuff. Mm -hmm. You can accuse anybody. There's no system in place to verify any of these things, which is why so many people have been like doxing the, uh, not doxing, um, slamming the website with false uh, complaints and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But like, I think Republicans accidentally got what they wanted because they always assumed like someone would stop them from doing the horrible thing. Mm -hmm. And this time it didn't happen. And like, they... They can't defend it. They can they oh, can the, always defend like anti-abortion stuff, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to defend something that so purposely hurts the wrong people. They're not going after doctors. They're going after the women yeah. and the people helping them, including Christians who might want to take them to another state or something like that. Like it's such a bad bill. Mm-hmm. And and here's another thing to point out. Republicans for many decades have used these type of things like are they really anti-gay marriage? No. Not not all of them, but they will totally say they oppose it because it's good for their base. Right. It's good for their political right. futures. And like so And when, it's a thing they already lost, so there's no like they don't have any skin in the game because that bill is never gonna come up again. So and they, so when the Supreme Court says marriage equality is legal across the country. Oh well, well I the, hate gays, but well, there's nothing like, I can do. It was the court. Yeah, yeah. I have no control now. The mm-hmm. Supreme Court said so. We need to get more conservatives on the court. Like that's their game. It's how they do it every time. And now they actually got with it. It's like the the dog that chases the car. It got the car. Right, exactly. Now what is it going to do? Did I say that out loud already? Uh, you was, may have. I'm sorry. I was thinking it. But, I just felt like... Like, okay. what do you do with it? Like, they've always used the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade 
to build their base and get money and do Mm -hmm. it. Well, now they've basically done it and it's going to be bad. And I would like to think the backlash is going to be so severe that they're going to regret that. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know either. Um, My question is... I don't know. But this is not the thing that happened that literally over this isn't the thing that triggers a bunch of anti-choice laws in other states oh it's totally going to because the supreme court's saying we can't take action on this type of thing that they did in texas so already south dakota and florida and i think at least one other state are like we're gonna get on that we're just gonna carbon copy the texas law and do it here so that's so but it's not because my understanding was like basically if roe v wade quote-unquote fell right and you snap your fingers and immediately all of these laws go into state, go, go into effect in other a, states. It, well, if they overturn Roe v. Wade at the Supreme uh-huh. Court level, then you could pass anti-abortion okay, so legislation. To, okay. In Illinois, for example, we have it. We could have a, we, it's protected. Yeah. So it would just revert to, you better live in a blue state. Right. Um, that's what was going to happen if Roe v. Wade literally was overturned. Mm-hmm. It just goes to the states. But what's going to happen right now is, well, if we know the Supreme Court doesn't care about this type of thing, at least five of them, mm-hmm. then we're just going to carbon copy and do it everywhere we can. Yeah. And it's going to, again... And it's going to keep... Go- <sighs> I would like to think this is going to turn some of those suburban white women who typically vote for Republicans, or at least a slight majority of them do, like, yeah. you would hope some of these people are like, the moderates are like, maybe this is too far and I can't support this. But it only works if Democrats pin this on everybody and make them defend it and say, if you don't want this shit to happen, Mm -hmm. stop voting for the entire damn party. Um, Democrats are very bad at doing that. Yes. Um, Yeah, I... uh, Listen, I've had a really rough couple weeks anyway, and so I've not been sort of like following this closely because my little heart can't take it no more. Um... But I am thinking a lot about conversations I had with people at the beginning of the Trump presidency or or during the elections that told me that I was told me to my face that I was being ridiculous and that Roe was safe and that nobody cared. Because a lot of people who aren't who don't listen to this podcast or read things we that like reporters like you do, they don't realize that there's constantly anti-choice shit going going through going through legislators legislatures all over the country and so like i guess to the many people who told me that i was being hysterical or whatever like go fuck yourself this is like we all saw we saw this coming i remember fucking walking into your old condo and watching and it was the interview when Trump did the, well, I think there should be some punishment uh, for the yeah. women. On the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that in your living room, standing there like, well, fuck. Um, this is not... He said the quiet part out loud. He said the quiet part out loud. And yeah, these... I, I don't... I don't... I wish I understood. I wish I understood why people were so vehemently anti-choice. Um, just because every... Every piece of data we have shows that it's important and it's a part of women's health care. And it's not like we have the infrastructure to take care of the people we have in this country. So maybe we should make it easier not to bring new people in in this country. Also, like, 
a lot of pastors are going to start, I mean, they're going to defend this in church. I hope it drives people out. Again, this is an indefensible law that, again, a lot of Republicans are not cheering about publicly. They're not like saying it's bad. Mm -hmm. They know that's a wrong thing to say, Mm -hmm. but they're not celebrating it. They're just trying to keep it on the down low. Yeah. (laughs) And like, yep, yep, that's the thing that happened. Oh, let's trash Biden on Afghanistan or something. I hope the backlash is severe, but also I wish that didn't have to happen because it means a lot of people are going to suffer. Yes, that's the thing is even if... That's the other thing is, well, maybe it'll be like this, but eventually it'll be fine. But like, yeah, I'll probably eventually be fine. And you, this adult who, you know, is rich, you're going to be fine. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to be fine. As many people have pointed out, uh, this didn't stop abortion. Mm -mm. This uh, This wealthy women will be allowed to get abortions. Yes. Predominantly white women will be able to get the abortions they want. Preachers' kids will be able to get their abortions. Mm -hmm. It's people who don't have the ability or the money or the, like, uh, access to go somewhere else and Mm -hmm. take time off of work to go do it. Those are the people who are going to get hurt the most. And, of course, Republicans and Christians and whoever else who wants to try to get a bounty. Like, this could be, Mm -hmm. I think someone said, like, it just created a new category of career. You could just make money by turning people in. Yeah. Yeah. You know those, like, right-wing, quote-unquote, investigation groups are just going to be on top of that. Oh, my God. They're going to be coming themselves to try to hunt down women who've had abortions. This is... Honestly, I think this is, like, the ultimate end, is they want to do, like, a Hunger Games-style life because men think they aren't fully realized unless they've murdered somebody, I guess. I don't know. I I wonder... I thought a lot, like, oh, am I going to give a rant about all the things, but I'm not like, I'm so angry, but I'm so sad. Like I'm, I'm like sad down to my heart, you know, things suck. Now, again, there's a way there are ways out. It Mm -hmm. requires more pressure on the right people, the Senate, things like that. Like the answer is always, it's not elect Democrats. It's elect the right type of Democrat and elect the right type of people. But sometimes it takes these sorts of catalysts, like the Republican Party, by and large, does not spend a lot of time trashing gay people. Trans people, totally. Totally. Gay people, not so much, because even they know their base isn't Mm -hmm. really with them on this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes something that obvious to happen to kind of turn the tide. And people are like, I can't be part of a party Mm -hmm. that supports this obvious bigotry and this hate and this cruelty. Mm -hmm. I was hoping Trump would do that. And maybe, I mean, it turned off some people from the party as a whole. Yeah. You would hope this sort of bill wakes some people up in realizing, yeah, all the stuff we warned you would happen, Mm -hmm. it's happening. Like, what else do you need to see before you realize Republicans are not on your side on this? Conservative Christians do not care for you as a person. Mm-hmm. They are not going to help you in this situation. All the people who are like, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life. Right. They are not going to care about the health of the baby they're forcing you to give birth to. Right. If if this sort of thing doesn't do it, mm-hmm. what do you want? Yeah. And like, just, uh, boy, I have seen more times than I am <clears throat> thrilled with the thing about like, well, why can't, you know, just give birth and then put it up for adoption? There's so many people, you know, so many homes waiting for children, which, like, 
maybe for white infants there are, but not for, you know, black kids from, you know, the inner city who are teenagers and have had a rough childhood. You know what I mean? Like, and also the other thing I've seen is like, oh, so many people are wanting to, are trying to get pregnant and can't and blah, blah, blah. And like, and you're just giving yours up. Like as somebody who's been trying to get pregnant for two years, like go fuck yourself. Like, <clears throat> getting trying to get pregnant and become pregnant is like such a deeply personal decision to be made. So like if you see anybody dragging that kind of thing in there, just go ahead and tag me and I will lose my fucking mind on them. Um yeah, it's just it's it's what we saw coming. It, 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 but 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 all is not lost. Like I am going to take maybe the next few days. My <laughs> when my therapist asked me, I'm like, oh no, I was just like kind of having a pity party. She was like, oh, so how long? Two or three hours? I was like, oh no, like <laughs> a week. What are you talking about? And she's like, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to take Sarah, if you're listening, a few hours today to be sad about this. Um, and then I don't know. I have an idea for a cross stitch that I'll probably start selling and donating money to women's health organizations down there. I think we can all try to organize a little bit and make sure, you know, women aren't killed because they don't want to have a human baby grow in them, which is horrifying to think about, frankly. Anyway, um, this is terrible. This week is awful. Everything's the worst. Happy weekend. We'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Wait, we didn't say anything else. That's fine. You know where to find us. We'll see you next week.